Someone called me on Sunday if we were going to, because everyone's away for the summer, whether we're going to hold off for a few weeks. I said, as long as I'm here, continue to give share. That's why we put it on the uh, on the WhatsApp chat, and it's yeah. on the it's on the website. But as far as I know, the chiv to learn is still even in July and August. So we'll continue, and when everyone comes back, Amir Hashem, they'll uh, they'll pick up. But before we start, a second, you going, going no, 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 no. I said someone said to me because so many people are away now. Right. And the them is small, whether we should just hold off for a few weeks. I said, no. As long as you're here. Yeah, I said, learning is learning. We, they could access the website. They could access the WhatsApp. We should continue to learn. And, if, and even if he's not here, he will give it to us. Mr. Shell will give him Zoom. Tishrei will be a little... We start, before we start, we want to wait for Collins to come. <laughs> and on behalf of this entire group, we want to wish Hilal Cohen a Mazel Thank you, thank he you. He was born a day before Tubeah. That just shows you. Yeah, He yeah. always mugged him. Yeah. We want to wish you mazal tov. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. That on the day of the maz- uh, the mazal is growing, on the day of the birthday, the mazal is getting stronger. Okay, it should be for all of us then. It should be for all of us. Amen. Thank you. Okay, shkayach. Thank you very much. Okay, should be. Amen. Amen. So the Mishnah Tezayin Amud Beis. So in that light, since we are continuing to learn, we're going to start learning now. So, okay. So Tezayin Amud Beis. We are on a Mishnah now. A new Mishnah on the top of Tezayin Amud Beis. And the Mishnah starts as follows. So, Rachatz, Laila Rishon. This is a continuation of the mission before talking about Rabbi Gamliel. So, Rachatz, Laila Harishon, Shemei Seshto. Rabbi Gamliel went ahead and he showered and he bathed himself the night, the first night after his wife's petira. So, we know that there's something called Aninus. Aninus, when you're an Onain, is that period uh, before the person is actually buried, your pater from mitzvot, and then that we're going to see in a second, aninos that status before avelos kicks in lasts for a full twenty-four hours, <clears throat> a full day. But the night after is already considered avelos, and you're not supposed to shower. You have an iserachitza. You're not supposed to do certain things. You're supposed to not shower. You're not supposed to wear leather. Certain things you're not supposed to do when you're in avelos. So he went ahead and he did it. So Amrlo Talmidov, so is Talmidim said to Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel, Limad Tanu Rabbeinu, our Rebbe taught us. Remember we saw last week the Rambam says, if you, if you ever want to question your Rebbe, you don't say you're doing this wrong. You say, Limad Rabbeinu. And the Meretz Chayah says, this is the Mishnah. These two Mishnahis is the source for this Allah and the Rambam in Parakeh of, of Hilchas Talmud Torah, that when you're going to question your Rebbe, you use it in a very Bekavitik Lashon. You say, Limad Rabbeinu. Didn't Rebbe teach us? You taught us in the past that someone who's in Avelos is not allowed to go ahead and to bathe. So how did you go ahead and do it the first night after your wife's petirah? So he responded to them, I'm not the typical person, not in a Balgaivadic way that I'm on a higher level, rather, I'm a, uh, we'll see what Rashi, is. basically someone needs to be pampered. And therefore, when it comes to me, not washing is not an issue of simply not doing something of joy. You're not supposed to do things of tanog. You're not supposed to do things that are going to give you pleasure. But for me, when I'm in isness, and we'll see what isness in a second, it's going to cause me actual pain. It's going to actually cause me pain. If you look at, Toz, look at Rashi, first of all, the third line of Rashi on top. It says, He's someone who needs to be pampered. He's very uh, finicky. He's very uh, tender and delicate. And he needs to be pampered. So this type of person is allowed to. And since I classify myself as Rabbi Gamliel, as an istinus, we'll see in the, after the Shemishnah, we'll go into a little deeper what istinus is and how it applies to halacha. What, what word is, what, 
What language? What, is what, it? what what's the? It's not in Hebrew. So it's interesting. So there's some people say it comes if you switch the the samach and the and the tzadi becomes. From, I get cold easily. That's why they have to shower with hot water. It's I'm, I'm not sure what the what the or the epidemiology etymology. What's the word? The etiology of the word is but mifunak. Uh, yeah, but not from this. Yeah, but that's what's the lashon of istanis. So tosvos. Look at the second tisva and second tosvos on the daf. The third line in tosvos. Istinus ani, he says, tsar, If I don't shower, it causes me pain. He says, It's not when there are certain things we're forbidden to do, right? We know that there are five inuyim, five deprivations on Yom Kippur and Tishabov. They're to prevent you from enjoying, from oneg. This is not tanog. He's saying, it's for me, if I don't it's shower, it's a necessity because I'm going to feel weak. I'm going to feel sick. It's going to trouble me. It's going to pain me. That you're not obligated to do. You're obligated to refrain from tanog, from pleasure, but you don't necessarily have to inflict pain. And Tosos continues, look at the, par- the, the parentheses, five lines down. He says, and I'll show you a proof from Masechas Yoma. He says, Mishi yeshlo chatotin barosho sach kidark ob Yom HaKippurim. Yuma says, if someone has scabs on their forehead and they have to put oil to rub it, to soothe it, to, to, to keep it moist so it doesn't get infected, you're allowed to do that. And we know that all five Inuyim on Yom Kippur are the same level. You're not allowed to put oil on just like you can't eat or drink. We all think you can't eat or drink, we can do the other ones. No, they're all the same level. And just the, like the Yom Kippur says there, if you have scabs on your forehead, says Tosfos, you can go in and put oil there because that's not preventing tanog. That's not for pleasure. That's to prevent pain. So too, he says here, you can do the same thing here. If you're an istinus, and we'll have to see if everyone has a status, everyone thinks that they have the status of istinus, whether that's really true or not, we'll see that in a few moments. And then Tosfos continues, V'chein mashmi b'shami, similarly, the Gemara Yishami says, Aval asa b'rachitza, continues Tosfos, hada d'tema b'rachitza shal tanog. You're going to tell me if someone actually falls in the mud and they have to clean off their hands on Yom Kippur because they're full of mud. That's not Tanog. That's necessity. How do you dive and come to Mincha on Yom Kippur after the break if you fall on your way home during the break and your hands are full of mud? You can't dive in like that. So that's not a rechitza of Tanog. That's not a pleasurable washing. That is simply because otherwise it's, it's going to cause problems. So... That's first thing. He says he's an isthmus, therefore he took, he took a shower or a bath on the first night of Avelis. Continues the Mishnah. And when Tavi, who was his Evet, Evet Kanani, obviously, he was an Evet Kanani, Kibel Alav Tanchumim. When his Evet Tavi died, he accepted Divrei Avelos. He accepted, he was knowing Avelos and he accepted words of Avelos. And the question is, Amrulo Tamidov, again, they use the proper formula. Rebbe also taught us. You, Rabbi Gamliel, taught your Talmidim that your one does not go and accept Divrei Tanchumim, words of comfort, meaning Avelos, Alavadim. You don't observe Avelos for your Eved. We know that you observe Avelos for your seven Krovim, your parents your spouse, your siblings, and your children, each one male and female. So in, your spouses can only be one. Even to decide what's going on today. Your spouse can only be one. That's seven. It can't be both genders. So you have seven. So, Amar Laham, ain't tovi avdi kishar kolavadim. No, 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 no. He was a kosher. My Eved Tavi wasn't the typical Eved Kanani. He was, uh, he was a kosher. He was a tzaddik. He was a tamachachim. Whatever it was, he was a kosher. So therefore, I'm able to go ahead and to sit and observe, uh, and observe 
shiva form, so to speak. Now, we're going to see tomorrow, which is going to lead us to an interesting path. You'll find out tomorrow how we get to this adoption in halacha. But the, the Rashba asked the question, who cares if he was a kosher? What if your chavrusa, Rahman al-Islan, who was a kosher, died? You don't sit up, observe a velus. You observe a velus for your Zion Krovim. If your Evid is not when he's Zion Krovim, who cares that he was a kosher? Who cares if he was a tzaddik? We all have wonderful Baruch Hashem. We all have friends that are tzaddikim and kosher, and we don't sit shiva for them. So we have to a- address this question, but we'll put this on hold for tomorrow. First, we have to address the, the, other, the first part of the Mishnah today. The Mishnah continues. Now, the last part of the Mishnah is, <clears throat> and by the way, there are multiple things the Gemara is going to discuss tomorrow, things that we do and don't do. It's not just don't, Kabbalah, you don't have a Suda Savra when you walk around the block at the end and the, and the community gives you the first meal. We'll get to that a little bit of uh, Avelis tomorrow, but more tomorrow we're going to focus on the adoption, uh, how, it, how it relates to this. It's pretty interesting. The Gemara, the Mishnah continues. Chasan, remember last Mishnah, on Tezvav we discussed that a Chasan is part of the night of Kriyashma either because he's worried how he's going to perform, like Rashi and Rambam, or we're worried that he's going to injure himself, or he's worried that he's not going to find it to be a basula. So all the different things that are in his mind, therefore he's potter. And we said, Osip mitzvah potter in a mitzvah. If you're involved in mitzvah A, you're potter for mitzvah B. Since he's thinking about Peruvu, he's potter the night of Kriyashma. And we said, it, up to four nights. He gets a, a, a pass for four nights. Typically, they would go ahead and get married on a Wednesday night because Thursday was the Bezdin convenes. Monday and Thursday is just in their unlikely event that he found her not to be a basula, that she was not a virgin when he consummated the marriage the night before he would go to Bezdin and complain. But if he didn't consummate the marriage until Motzei Shabbos, it ends. The Pator ends. He has Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Saturday night. If he still doesn't, then Sunday night he has to go ahead and say Kriya Shema, meaning he has that if he pushes off the, the first uh, Tashmish, he has four nights. The Pator lasts for four nights. But, says the Mishnah here, that's his Pater. He's exempt. He's not obligated to say Kriya Shema. But if he wants to say Kriyashma, he's allowed to. Not so fast. Not everyone who wants to show that he's medaktik and mitzvahs can do this. Because what's going to happen is, you're going to look like, it's almost like Yuhara. Yuhara means you're like a little bit of an arrogant uh, egomaniac. You're showing that, eh, yeah, you know, I'm potter, but I'm such a high level that I'm going to be able to have kavana anyway that I'm going to say. And you look a little arrogant. So, therefore, not everyone should take upon. We're going to discuss a little bit, uh, probably next week, what does it mean to take on chumras upon ourselves? Are we supposed to take on chumras? This would be a chumrah. If you're a potter, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, is it the right path to say, I'm going to take upon myself chumras? We'll speak about a couple chumras next week. Um, Chal of Stam versus uh, Chal of Yisrael, right? These are a lot of certain chumras that we take upon ourselves today. Do we have to? And we're not discussing yes or no, but is that the right way? There's so many Baruch Hashem, so many regular halachas that sometimes we, f- we forgo the, 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 the real halacha and we're so <laughs> focused on the, on the chumras that uh, is that the right path? You know, I understand who are in public, you know, if you're doing something oh. in shul. Yeah, oh, very right, good, good question, good question. I throw that also. In other words, we're doing it just between you and... It's, it's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for that. In other words, it's between you and Hashem. If you're, you're doing it in private, you're not getting up on a soapbox and saying, I, I said Shema, I'm holier than thou. Good, good. It may just be establish a pattern here. In other words, when you do certain things that you're not supposed to do, and we're going to talk about this next week, about, uh, but it's a valid point. But not only that, on the same level, can we not say that Rabbi Gamel should also show a, 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 an example? Uh, as to what? He has... 
so uh, that he should not be showering. No, exactly. He should not be Avel. He should not be doing this thing for. Oh, talking about for 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 he's not supposed to be. You're talking about for his Avel. You're talking about the yeah, second case. Right okay, we'll discuss that tomorrow. Before we'll that, discuss that tomorrow. This is a great question. What about a mikvah? Oh, on Yontif. Yeah. So, well, there is, there's a whole, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to touch on that today, although I did, I did write about this. We'll hold off on that thought about, we're going to get to showering on Yontif. So we'll see how it applies to mikvahs. If we have time, I'll include mikvahs. I do have a piece about that on Yontif also. Okay. So, the, so, <clears throat> okay, so that's what we, let's just do the first couple lines of the Gemara, and then we'll discuss. So the Gemara says, my time, uh, what is the reason, the Rabbi Gamliel, what was the reason that Rabbi Gamliel thought it was okay for him to go ahead and shower the first night of Avelos. So the Gemara says, so Kasavar, he must hold that Aninos Halayla Midrabanan, that that first night, and the, the um, there are those who, who interpret when it says Aninos, it really is referring to um, Avelos. It doesn't mean just Aninos, it means Avelos. So re- therefore, he holds that the first night, this is what the Marshal says, that Aninos here refers to just a general term, really Avelos, and he holds Avelos Midrabanan, and how do you know? Because it says, achrisa kiyomar. It says in, in Amos, at the end of the day is like a bitter day. That's what the Pasuk says. So this Pasuk teaches us that Aninos cannot be less than a day, even after burial, meaning that entire day, kiyomar, it's a bitter day. It's a full, full 24 hours. And he holds that even after the, the, even after the burial, it's a 24-hour unit. And he holds that after the burial, even the first day is only midrabanan. So therefore, since he holds it's only midrabanan, therefore it's a little more lax, and he's able to go ahead and shower. Why? Since because he is an istinus, he is allowed to go ahead and shower because that part of that part of uh, Velus is only midrabanan. So, so let's see. Let's 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 tackle this, and we'll we'll see how that applies. So first of all, let's define what istinus is, and then we're going to see whether we're all istinus today and whether we can shower on Yantiv. How, how does this apply? So the source of this, the first time Rashi discusses this, is really in the Tochacha in Parshas Kisavo. And the Pasuk says there, Ha'ish harach anog ma'od. Baruch is giving a Tochacha, he's talking about a very, very dark period when it will come that the, even the regular tender man who's normally... Is not would not even consider anything disgusting becomes a cannibal because there's nothing to eat and he doesn't want to share his child with his brother. It's it's gruesome. It says he's going to cannibalize his own child, but he's not going to share it with his own siblings. I Meaning they're going to be starving. There's going to come a point of time, says Gosh Baruch Hu, where the where you're going to leave me and the worst and the worst is going to happen. We know all too well from, from 70 years ago. And then it continues, and woman, even when she gives her afterbirth, her, when it comes out, she's going to eat it also. It's, just, it's, it's a gruesome description. What does Rashi say when it says, Rashi says, Rashi says, it's delicate living, he says. He becomes sick. He becomes nauseated at anything disgusting. That's, the, that's how he def- defines someone as an istinus. Istinus is very finicky. He's, very, he's, very, uh, he's a pachech, right? He, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect. And as in fact, the Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, takes a similar approach in Baba Basra. He says, Mishidaito katsa velibo nimas roa. 
even the smallest things, just, you ever see the show, um, what, was, what was the show, Fear Factor? You used to, these people used to eat all these live things, it was nauseating. So obviously, a Mephonic wouldn't be able to do that. So these people who are beyond, above and beyond, not just what we would gro- deem gross, but they, dis- they, it nauseates them or makes them feel uncomfortable, even something that the ordinary person would not feel grossed out by. So it's interesting. So the nature of an istinist, need, that he needs to be pampered, there are many, many halachos which, which impact an istinist. So in general, we, before we get to halachos outside of istinist, why is an istinist here allowed to wash? So we saw, according to Tosos, because only what's usr is considered a rechitza shaltanog. Only when I wash, and the washing is something that brings me joy. But if it's to prevent pain or infection, then you're allowed to. Now, the taz says as follows. He says, I want you to know that not everyone who th- considers themselves an istinist is an istinist. Just because you like to be clean doesn't give you the status of being an istinist. We all think today we're all istinists and we all shower every day. Or I just saw an article this week, whether it's funny, uh, a scientific article that brought in actually celebrities, whether it's you're supposed to go ahead and be showering every day if it's detrimental to your health, or should you just shower two, three times a week? Would you only shower once you start to have body odor? Interesting question. But most of us today, I would assume, certainly in the summer in Boca Raton, shower every day, if not more than once a day. So are we, are, it's not necessarily that we're all listeners, and we'll see in a little bit how to define an listeners. But what's interesting... Um, so actually, I'll, I'll read it to you right now. The, the Taz says as follows. He says, Lav called the Amr Istinis Anishomelo. Not everyone has a free pass and says, I'm an Istinis, and therefore I get all these kulas that we're about to discuss. We're going to bring four or five different places before we discuss about showering, how where Istinis applies Lalacha today. But the Taz says, put your brakes on. Not everyone who says they're an Istinis is an Istinis. And he goes on to say, um, he says, "V'chol mishenoeg b'saro b'nekios istinusu elamisha bali de sakana mina rochets v'lo Not everyone who says I have to wash every day is an istinus. If by not washing and not um, showering, it's going to come to cause uh, what he calls sakana danger, then already you're an istinus. Whether you have anxiety to the extent that if you don't wash or wash, you feel bugs crawling all over you, and it's going to drive you nuts." Whether you have a skin condition that you have to literally keep your your skin moist every day, um, or or it's going to get infected for, for health reasons. For health reasons, exactly. Okay, that's that's how that's how he and the Ramban says, and the Ramban actually says, what does it mean? Element star harbi baladei michos It doesn't necessarily. Ramban takes it one step back because it doesn't mean that you're going to get sick. If you're going to become weakened by it, if it's going to change you to the to the worse then you're considered an istinist. Not only if you're going to get sick and need to be hospitalized. If it's going to weaken you physically or mentally, then that, that, would, that would qualify as a istinist. So a couple halachas I want to discuss about, before we get into the showering, about how istinist impacts halacha. There is a halacha by what's called Erev Tchumen. We know Tchum Shabbos, that really the, the Torah doesn't allow us to go 12,000 amos outside of our living space. The Chacham were very machmer. They wanted you not even to come close to that, so they made a siyag, 12,000. We, the Chachamim went ahead and said only 2,000. Okay, so the real Allah is 12,000. But um, four parsos, each parsa, three parsos, each parsa is 4,000 almost, but we, they say only 2,000 almost to give you our Chachamim to make sure they don't even come close. Really, don't come close. One sixth of the amount allowed. Midrabanan Eli, it's 2,000. So, Rabbi Akiva still holds that Tchum Shabbos is Asrim in Torah. Be that as it may, so if I'm, let's assume this is our house. I can either go 2,000 Amos and Shabbos outside of it or that way. If you're in a community or in a town, it's to the end of that town. If you're in a field when Shabbos starts, it's your four Amos. If you're in an isolated building, it's to the end of the building. Let's say you're in a 90,000 square foot warehouse and there's nothing around it. So 
it starts from the border of 90,000 square, from the end of the 90,000 square feet. Says the halacha, the chachamim went ahead and instituted what's called an air of tchumen. I can go ahead and redefine my living space for Shabbos. It's called a makom shvisa. I can go ahead and redefine, I can say that if, if, my, if the community ends here, I can go ahead and set up 1900, 1,999 feet away from me, another house, and I have to put food there before Shabbos starts. That designates my um, resting place, my Makam Shvisa, as that place, and it extends me 2,000 feet beyond that. So I really have 4,000 feet from where I'm going, right? I have here 2,000 feet to that house, and then that house now becomes my Makam Shvisa. If I put meals there before Shabbos, it means either I could be there when Shabbos starts, or I could put food there before Shabbos, come back to my house, and know that I can go ahead and eat there. No, no. House. So what happens is as follows. Otherwise, you can go around the world, right? So what happens is now. By the way, when you extend it, if you, correct. You could extend it that way. That means I lose it this way. If I put my house nineteen hundred square feet, uh, nineteen hundred feet, almost that way, I can only go a hundred almost that way in Shabbos. Just for you to know, okay? So it extends. If you extend it one way, you lose it the other way. Anyway, the Gemara says in Erevin Taflamid that when we say you have to put two meals worth of food in your new location, is it the same for each person or is it different? So the Gemara actually says, if you are a zakein or a chole kide mizono, meaning that you eat so much less than the other person, you're mefunak. Mefunaks get bloated, they get full very easily. So if you're an istinus, you can put much less than the average person there. You can put uh, one cheese Danish and another cheese Danish. You don't have to have a full hamburger with fries and, and a dessert. An average person might eat a full burger and a full meal. If you're an istinist, you can put much smaller amounts. So that's the first halacha where an istinist applies today. Another halacha, which is interesting, the Gemara Pesachim actually says straight out that if it's difficult, we know that there's a mitzvah to go ahead and eat biteyavon. You have to go ahead and eat the matzah biteyavon at night. Interesting, by the way, it's one of the few times where actually the performance of the mitzvah is considered hider mitzvah. Um, the, Rash, the Rash Bam says there, eating b'teyavon is a hider mitzvah. It's a tremendous chiddush. Normally we think hider mitzvah is in the object itself. I'll get a lulav na'a, sukkah na'a, mezuzah na'a. He says eating it with teyavon is, is a hider mitzvah. Be that as it may. You're can, supposed to have the tithe. Teyavon, appetite. But it's a hider mitzvah if you eat it with it, he says. It's even a greater mitzvah. That's the Rash Bam. But what the Gemara says... If you are such an istinus that you get full for hours after eating, fast the whole day. Don't eat anything. If eating breakfast is going to stare your appetite later at night and you're not going to fulfill the mitzvah of eating b'teyavon, don't eat the whole day erev Pesach. So another case where we see it applies. The Gemara also discusses in sukkah if you're an istinus. Normally we say that mitzvah is part of a sukkah. If someone is bothered, if it's freezing, freezing, freezing cold, or it's pouring. You go into your sukkah because you want, just like you wouldn't be in your house if the air conditioning, if the if the temperature in the house was fifty two degrees. If your if your heater broke in the winter, you'd go to a hotel. So too, if it's literally freezing in the sukkah, you don't have to sit. If you're in stire, you're not enjoying it. You're 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 perturbed. You don't sit in the sukkah. What happens if you're say again? Halavai. 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 So we'll take 52, but 22 we want. So if you're in the sukkah and all of a sudden things start falling down, leaves start falling down. So usually we say until it actually ruins the food, you shouldn't go in. But if you're a mafunik, if you're an istinus, and even a little things are falling around you, that's, the Gemara says that's considered mitzvah for an istinus. In other words, what defines mitzvah is someone that's, that's disrupted from the normal living in a sukkah, what perturbs a, a normal person, 
uh, well, sorry, what perturbs an istinus and allows him to go eat inside is not the same criteria that would perturb or disturb a, a, a typical person. It's a real big can of worms. And Achanami, you have to look, ask your, your local posik. I agree with you. Lastly, um, it also says that you're allowed to go ahead and Tosos, uh, actually, Mechaber and Hilchos Yom Kippur, Basin, says you can actually put a little bit of, if you're an Isthmus, you can actually put a little water on your face in Yom Kippur. Um, again, this is a, a slippery slope. You have to be careful. I'm not advocating that, but for an Isthmus, if you feel that you're really going to get sick, if you don't put any water on, then you can go ahead and theoretically, uh, wa- you know, put a little water on your face. Okay, so... Lahalacha, one of the most uh, pressing issues for an istinist today would be showering on Yantif. What is the halacha about showering on Yantif? So there are really three big concepts we have to, as, as way of background, have to discuss and understand, and then we can apply lahalacha today. The first concept is something called mitoch. So there, the Pasuk says in, in Shmos Perk Yudbeis, the first and seventh day. There is a concept of something called Meleches Ochal Nefesh and Yantif. One of the major differences, we know there are Melechos on Yantif as well. One of the major differences is something called Meleches Ochal Nefesh. Which basically means there are certain things we're allowed to do on Yantif for food preparation. We can go ahead and transfer a fire, we can cook, and we can carry Rishus Arabim. These are the three, now cooking is a broad, obviously, it's a broad thing, but these are the three categories of, of malacha that because of malacha sochal nefesh, we're allowed to prepare food on yantif for yantif. You can't prepare on yantif for a weekday, that's hachana from yantif. You're preparing on yantif for chol, that you can't do. But you're allowed to go ahead and prepare on yantif for yantif. These three things. The question is. So that's a separate thing. Well, if you do an Erev, um, Erev Tavshilin, yeah, it's Mechlokas Rabban, Rav Chistam, Sachem, Tav Memvav, discusses there whether you could even maybe cook Anyantif, thinking that potentially guests may come, and therefore I can maybe cook for Shabbos. It's a whole Mechlokas there, whether he allowed me not to cook from Yantif to Shabbos. Gemara Pesachem, we'll get to that maybe at a later time in Brachos. Anyway, so, so um, the question now becomes, what about doing a malacha that, uh, that's allowed, meaning carrying, but it's not for cooking? So I'm allowed to cook, allowed to, uh, preparation. If I'm going to a yal for yantif, and, he's, and Elise calls and says, I need a lettuce, calls my wife, so I can bring a lettuce to you, because it's for cook. She's pr- using it for, for, for yantif. What if a yal says, you know what, Hillel, I forgot the, uh, <coughs> I, bless you, I need a safer Torah. We don't have a safer Torah. Can you bring it from BRS to my house? It's not for food purposes. Can I carry a Sefer Torah? Because, so that's a big machlokus in Beitz Adaf Yudbeis. It's called Mitoch Shehutra L'Tzorech, Hutra Nami Shehutra If the malacha is allowed for the purpose of cooking, does it extend that I could do that same malacha even for not cooking purposes? So are you allowed to carry a lulav anyantif? Are you allowed to carry a baby anyantif? Are you allowed to carry a sefer Torah? A sefer. This stems from the machlokas. For food preparation, from lecha, so nefesh, I can go ahead and yes. carry. So, but does that extend from the fact that this malacha was allowed for food preparation purposes, does that extend that the malacha is allowed to non-food purposes? Yes. And that's a big machlokas, Beis Hillel and Beis We pass like Beis Hillel, Ayal says yes, and that's in fact how we pass him. Beis Hillel says, yes, mitoch. Because carrying or transferring a fire or cooking was allowed, these malachas were allowed for cooking, it's also allowed for non-cooking purposes. Beis disagrees. But that's the first 
general concept we have to understand, mitoch. Mitoch shehutcher letzorech, because something was allowed, and lech was allowed for cooking purposes, Hutranami was also allowed shalol letzorech, for non-cooking purposes. Number two. It also has to be, nefesh The Pasuk says, that which will be eaten, what is chol nefesh? We need something that's, it has to be that me and Colin both enjoy the same activity. Meaning, the Mark Sufis brings example, if someone goes in and burns incense, is that, I'm not picking Alan, but Alan would be the guy that liked to burn incense, like, if I had to guess. So let's assume, right? Okay. Kedara, there you go. So let's assume, but Alan likes it, and I don't like it. That's not something that's universally agreed upon that it's enjoyable. So what's good for Alan is not good for me. That's probably, should be my modern life, right? No, but what's good for Alan is probably not the same for all, it's not good for all of us. Shower, we'll have to see if showering applies. But it has to be, Dover hashava l'chol nefesh. Something that's allowed on Yantif, that's another concept. It has to be Dover hashava l'chol nefesh. And we'll have to discuss whether showering is Dover hashava l'chol nefesh. But again, just because mitoch also has to be that something that's universally agreed on, that we all get enjoyment. It's an objective enjoyment. That's number two. Then there's a very, very important concept, gzeira. There was a gzeira that was called the gzeiras habalonim. I want to read the Rambam. The Rambam discusses these were the bathhouse attendants. Now we don't have bathhouse attendants, maybe we have mikvah attendants, but we don't have bathhouse attendants, but, but listen to what it, what it says there. So the, this is Rambam in Hilcha Shabbos. It says, Why did the Chachamim say it's usher to enter a bathhouse on Shabbos? Because of the bathhouse attendants. These bathhouse attendants were bad people. They would say that they heated the water Erev Shabbos, and the, but it really they, they heated it on Shabbos. And we know you're not allowed to get any Hanah from anything that was done on Shabbos, Be'isr. So they would lie. They would say, no, no, no. You're coming in, let's say, 20 minutes after Shabbos started and the water's still piping hot. No, really, they turned on the, the heater five minutes after Shabbos started. So they lied. They said, no, it was heated before Shabbos, but it wasn't heated before Shabbos. They lied. Because like Zera, you're not allowed to go to the bathhouse on Shabbos. So we have to see, does that extend to Yantif? That's Shabbos. That's why you don't go to the bathhouse on Shabbos. So these are the three important aspects we have to discuss. One is mitoch. Since transferring a fire is allowed for, for, malach, for cooking purposes, does it extend to non-cooking purposes? Machlokas Basil Mashame, whether you hold of mitoch, we possibly like Beshame says no, we possibly like Basil says yes. Number two, it has to be Dovar Shavad Chol Nefesh. This malacha that we're talking about has something that has to be objectively and universally accepted upon as something that's enjoyable by the average Joe Shmo. And number three, we have to worry about this gazera about these Malonim who would go ahead and lie. So what about heating water now for bathing purposes on Yantif? So, obviously, well, if we know Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai's machlokas uh, in general, then it's not surprising that Beis Shammai would say one cannot go ahead and heat water on Shabbos and Yantif to wash their Yadav Raglav, their hands in their face, whereas Beis Hillel holds a mitoch. So Beis Hillel says, you can do it. That, right? They fall into line. That's not surprising. What's interesting, though, is Beis Hillel says you can, wa- you can heat water for your hands and your face, but you can't heat water to t- and shower your whole body. That's what Beis Hillel says. Now, the Rishonim debate the reason for this. Why would Beis Hillel, if Beis Hillel says mitoch, they hold that if you're allowed to go ahead and heat water for a coffee on, sha- on Yantif, why can't I heat water for a bath? We know that mitoch, if it was allowed for cooking purposes, it should be allowed for non-cooking purposes or also. If you heated it for the coffee oh. and then used it. If you, 
So that's harama. If you have a little leftover, probably won't be enough to take a bath. If you're, you know, if you're making coffee and you're heating up 12 gallons of water, it's a little suspicious. But, but, if you, but, but, but to your point, I think even Beishamai says that if you're heating up, I don't know, one of those typical urns, and you have a little bit left over, you can use it for your hands. But, you know, there's a fine line between taking a bath, right? Okay, and having enough water to take a bath. It's hard to get in those urns. Yeah, right? <laughs> so now, so the Rishonim debate the reason for this. So Tosfos actually says in Beitza, Davchaf Aleph, that showering is not shavel chol Again, Tosos lived uh, in, in the 10, uh, 1100 area. So right, Rashi was the first Rishon, born in 1040. Uh, he lived to 1105, I think. The last Gon was Rav Hai Gon. He died in 1038. So Rashi was the, the first of the Rishon, 1040. So Tosos lived around, right, Rabbi Natan was his grandson. So you're talking about the 1100s. So you're talking about uh, roughly, roughly about 1,000 years ago. So we'll have to see whether showering then might not have been shavu l'chol nefesh, something that's objectively and universally viewed as a, as a tanug, as a pleasure, whether that applies today. But at least Toso says back then that showering was not a davar ha-shavu l'chol nefesh. It wasn't universally accepted. Therefore, this is how, this is how, how Tosfos is explaining Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel says, even though I hold of mitoch, I still don't say you can, you can heat water for the whole body to take a shower. So we're trying to understand why. Why should that be? So Tosfos says it's not dover shavu l'chol nefesh. The Ramban, um, the, the Rambam actually says because of the gzeris habalonim, he says we're still worried about the, the bathhouse attendance. Now again, it's not so applicable today, uh, these bathhouse attendants, if you're showering in your own house. Um, and, by, and by the way, uh, well, we'll get to this at the end. But no matter if you shower or don't, and, and by the way, I want to throw a caveat. This is not to give a psaq. Ask, we have a Mordas here who's very capable of, Rabbi Goldberg is very capable of answering. We're going to discuss some of the issues in the next few minutes until we come to a conclusion. But again, this is not psaq halacha. This is just to go through the, 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 um, the, the sugyas and the, and the concepts to understand, to get a better understanding of, of how some people come, arrive at the halacha. But certainly for your own purposes, please ask Rabbi Goldberg. So, it's interesting. So the, the Rambam says one should still not shower in Yontif because of this, of this gazera of the Balanim, these bathhouse attendants who would be dishonest and say they, they went ahead and they, um, they yeah. heated the water of Shabbos when they really did it on Shabbos. Now, fast forward to today a little bit. What's interesting is that Tosos' reason that, it's, that showering is not Shavad Chol Nefesh may be subject to interpretation today because it's a thousand years later. And that's a Doraisa. He's calling it on a Doraisa level. Also, they only Probably, just like they shaved, we're correct. Our men is, I mean, so I spoke to Rabbi Sachs last night before I just gave the share. This, by the way, most of the share is, is based on an essay by Rabbi Chaim Jachter, who's a tremendous Tamachacham. Jachter wrote this essay many, many moons ago, so I, most of it is based off of that. But I did call Rabbi Sachs last night for about 15 minutes, not arguing, discussing back and forth. And um, yeah, so he was very, very, very hesitant to say that. Uh, that I'll, I'll get to the Psak in a few minutes. But hold that thought a second. Um, but anyway, so the question it now becomes, fast forward to today, the Rambam holds, it's based on a gzera. So the Rambam, gzera, we know that called the it's harder to switch what the Chachamim say. The Chachamim made a takana, we don't, right, no one's going to build a raft today. Right, no one's going to build a raft. No one's going to fix their guitar on Shabbos, if they make cliche. Yet we don't play instruments on Shabbos, we don't swim on Shabbos. When's the last time you saw someone swimming in the pool and all of a sudden starting to drown, they build a raft. But the, so you would say swimming should be allowed today. But bottom line is, we really don't. We don't really 
grind medicine anymore today. You're not supposed to take medicine if you don't need it every day because of Shechika Samamanim. We used to go ahead and take a mortar and pestle and grind it. And that's, you're over a token, grinding. A lot of these gzeros don't apply today, but because the Chachamim established it, we still hold by it. So the, the Rambam's reason of the gzerah, because of the Balanim, might still apply today. But interestingly, Tosvos' concern, which is on a Daraisa level, it's not Shavad Chol Nefesh, may be subject to interpretation today. It's, it's a weird, it's the exact opposite. Usually we're much more machmer for a Daraisa than a Rabbanon. But it turned out, Tosvos is more worried about a Daraisa concept, Shavad Chol Nefesh may be subject to interpretation. As Alan said, they probably were showering once, twice a week. They weren't showering in the comforts of their own home. Didn't have hot water all year long. Yeah, and no, I'm saying, but yeah. I'm saying they didn't shower regularly because they didn't. They they had to go to a bathhouse. I don't think they had showers a thousand years ago. That's right. No, but whatever that, but whatever they had. But they, they took a tub or whatever. But they had a base amerchats. The Gemara discusses that a base amerchats. Whatever it was. It was a tircha to do it. Correct. It wasn't the 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 ease that which we have today. So it's interesting. The Shulchan Aruch actually, the Mechaber actually says that if you are a hundred percent sure that there was no water, and that would have to mean that you actually turn off the. The um, the heater, what the um, fire heater, the the tank. Sorry, yeah, the hot water tank. If you actually turn it off, but no one does that today. No one's going to do that today. So the Mishnah Brewer seems to there's machlokas ram the the mechaber ramah. The the Mishnah Brewer actually says that um, the, according to the ramah, the gzerv habalonim applies even outside of base americans, even your own house on Shabbos. La halacha. And we'll get to a couple exceptions. The Shmir Shabbos, Kilchasar, New Earth is considered when Poskim rely on the modern day for Shabbos, says it's usher to shower the whole body on, on, on Yontif. What about possible exceptions? So that, that's what the, the, the Shmir Shabbos, Kilchasar says. It's usher. He says it's usher to shower. I, I, the whole body anyway. Oh, we're, great. We're going to get that. Give me two more minutes. We'll, get, we'll hopefully answer all these questions. Now, are there any exceptions? I do have something about Mikvah I'll show you after. I'm not going to get to it today. But what about if there are any possibility? For example, let's say someone comes home from Akafos on Simchas Torah, and they're all fashvitz. They're they're and they're not going to be able to daven. So Rabbi Jachter brings that Rabbi Rabbi Adler said in the name of Rabbi Salvechik, and he also quoted Rav Shachter, who I heard from Rabbi Sachs last night. Arya Libritz, Rabbi Arya Libritz also quoted Rav Shachter. In such a situation, one would be allowed to shower. Now again, I'm not poskening. I'm just asking what they said. If you are to the point where you're sweating beyond belief on Yantif. You would, again, I'm not saying you can, I'm saying they quote the name of Shachter and Rav Adler quote the name of the Rav, that in such a situation where you became sweaty, let's say from a kafos, I'm not talking about where you're running to play basketball and, you know, but because of Tanok and, and you, were, you, were, you were dancing a kafos, you're all sweaty, you'd be able to shower. I spoke to Rabbi Sachs last night. He was very, very, um, he was very, very uh, apprehensive to say that. What he thinks is you can do aver aver because Tosfos allows you to wash your hands and your feet. So what he suggested to do is you can go turn the hot water on, turn the hot water on in the shower because you're allowed to go ahead and write mitok, we pass on the big hello, put your feet in, let's say you want to wash your feet, maybe come back a couple hours later and wash the rest of your body, not to do the whole body at once. I asked him, what about cold water? If there's, what's the, what's, and by the way, even if you hold that you can shower, you should never be using bar of soap because that's mechika, you're erasing and you should, you should always drip dry the first three, four minutes so that the majority of water is already off of you by the time you put a towel on you. You never want the towel to become so wet that you risk the schita, which is, right? So even la you should only use liquid soap, even when you wash, let's say you put your feet in, let's say you literally, uh, you're coming home from a storm and you walked in a month thing and your, your feet are here. 
a full amount. So you put, you could turn on the shower, put your feet in, or stand in the shower. Don't want, you know, make sure the nozzle's going on your feet. Don't watch your body. And then you can use um, um, liquid soap. And then let it drip dry for the first three, four minutes, so 80, 90% of the water is off for you, and therefore the towel can never become wet enough. But Rabbi, what Rabbi Sachs suggests is you do aver aver. When I asked him about, you know, part, you know, not, I, so I asked him, can you go ahead and put your foot in, dry it, and then two seconds later, put your, he says, that's considered harama, he wouldn't recommend that, that's considered trickery. Uh, he would recommend maybe a couple hours later, if you need to wash your face, you wash your face. And it's not a question of turning on the hot water, you can turn on the hot water. I asked him explicitly, what if you only take a cold shower? In the summer, I only take cold showers usually, especially after you come back from a workout. He said he didn't think it makes a difference. And I was thinking, how many of us, when you take a cold shower, is it 100% cold that you're not turning on the hot water? Probably. You, you, you're turning. But you're turning on a little. Florida is pretty warm. Okay. Right, but you have to be turning on a little bit of the right. The Otherwise, it's literally the no, cold water is if, very cold. If you have you, you're cold, not doing hundred percent. If you have separate, most of us don't have one thing that just goes around in a three sixty. Right. 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 So then you. Not it's cold. It's ice cold. Yeah. I don't know, but so I asked him. I was I was really pushing him on this. It's not ice cold ever. I don't think it's ever ice cold here, but even in the winter, our ground level is our ground temperature is. Anyway, the bottom line is, so again, under extenuating circumstances, and again, I'm asking Rabbi Goldberg for your own halacha, but under extenuating circumstances, based on the lie of mitoch, since um, this, in this situation where you're completely sweaty and fresh fits, it would be shavah l'chol nefesh, if you're dripping, taking a shower would be universally accepted as something pleasurable. Um, and if, because you don't have to worry about the balanim, you're doing it in your own house, and you're not going to be, you know, uh, so it, it may, in those situations, According to Rav Shechter and according to the name of uh, of the Rav, it will be okay. So modern day post game, the Shmir Shabbos says it should not be allowed. Beisaks's eight said was to wash part, you know, part at a time, even with the hot water, just to wash, you know, an aver a limb at a time or two limbs at a time, both legs, and then maybe the upper torso a little bit later in the day. Ask your local Rav. We'll pick up tomorrow with the with the bad adoption. Have a wonderful day. Happy birthday.